Welcome back, everybody, to the No Rival Network for Episode 4 of the Western Focus Podcast. I'm your host, Cobalt or Blue, joined by my usual co-host, the one and only Steven Meister. How are you doing today? I'm doing good, Blue. It was a, a nice week of the LEC. I'm excited that we're finally getting started on the Western League of Legends. LPL and LCK has been good to tide me over, but I'm ready to get this podcast rolling finally now. Yeah, I'm so happy to have some Western League of Legends gaming up and running once again. It's been way too long. Yeah, it really goes, it really feels like forever after Worlds for the first way like, too month. Long. Around the first month, it's like, oh my goodness, come on. But then eventually, like, I, I love the free agency. I missed that they didn't have the free agency show this year that Jacob Wolf was doing and whatever, but it was still like, an exciting time. If you guys haven't seen episodes one to three, be sure to go do that first. You'll get a bit of context into some of our expectations heading into the season since that was before week one. But for everybody else, we'll be covering week one of the LEC today. Note that the LCS hasn't started yet, but we will be here next week for both, so stay tuned for that. Now, where else to start but the standings? I think it's been a great week of League of Legends. You know, a couple unexpected moves, a couple expected moves. I'll hand the floor to you, Steve. What what part of the standings stood out to you? So I think the biggest surprise for me... Probably maybe could have been expected by people, depending on what you saw, was XL going one and two. We knew that we liked the, the individual talent there. The question was, could they come together as a team and, and be cohesive? And I'm not necessarily surprised that it didn't happen right off the gate. I thought that maybe the individual talent would kind of carry them a little bit more. But in their defense, they did play a lot of the tough opponents already, so their schedule should be getting lighter, and now maybe we start getting into that territory where even if the cohesion and synergy isn't there, maybe the talent can start making up for what they're lacking in the team play, although guys like BTL will have to step up. Yeah, I mean, to give them the benefit of the doubt, we ha- we saw Rogue start summer season last, last year off with an 0-3 week. So who knows, maybe Excel will bounce back. The other surprise I think for me, besides Excel not performing quite as high as I probably would have expected, uh, is definitely BDS, a one and two scoreline just like Excel does. But at least for me personally, I had them ranked in 10th and this has not been a 10th place team from what I've been seeing. Like Their performance, despite those two losses, even in those games was pretty good and Given it a bit more time, they might actually surprise me and a whole bunch of other people. Yeah, BDS was awesome. Like, I'll get into BDS a little bit later. I think you will as well with one of the things that we're going to be doing later on. But I'll spoil it a little bit, but not directly. I loved watching Crowny play. Crowny was so good for every single game this week. There were some absolutely nuts plays. And so far, I'm going to say that I think Crowny may be a hot take top three top two adc and lec off of week one i don't know i don't know just to put it out there okay okay bring in the confidence for crowny i like it yeah i mean i i can't really disagree maybe i wouldn't put him top three just yet a little too too it's, early it's for week me one on we're overreacting one. baby it's week <laughs> one Cr- crowny you're, you're up there my man love you credit where credit's due absolutely but yeah apart from that i mean g2 at the top of the standings hearing the rumors from preseason uh with the scrims it's not super surprising 
Uh, meanwhile, Astralis right there down at the bottom, the only team going 0-3 so far. Not really a surprise there either, but otherwise it's been a little bit of spice here and there, and should, it's panning out to be a, a worthwhile league to watch. I can't believe I put you two third in power rankings. I mean, let's be honest. Looking at it from preseason, when we didn't hear the rumors yet, I, I think we were kind of justified Fair. in putting them there. Yeah. We were a little a little early with our predictions, but yeah, I don't know. Well, I mean, it's, it's been great to see them do so well already because like, a lot of question marks and yeah, it was just great that they're actually getting off rolling and yikes looking awesome. Yeah, and same with Vitality, for sure. I agree. Some of our topics, I guess you could say, that we wanted to cover, we're going to start it off with Game of the Week here. We're going to be doing kind of a list of awards, I guess you could yeah, say. Yeah, awards. Yeah, kind of running through the week and headliners, if you will, for the various goods and bads of the league, at least for the first week here. So starting it off, for me, the game of the week that I put together was Fnatic vs. Vitality. It was It was kind of just a banger. We can put it that way. Where Vitality were kind of ahead for the longest time early on Bo was making plays perks was not really super high up but kind of doing his job at least baiting for Bo at the very least the bot lane was pretty good as well and then around the mid lane in that mid game kind of fighting area there was a huge turnaround for me where where Fnatic pulled the gold difference in their favor but then suddenly Vitality comes out of nowhere here. Bo completely breaks Humanoid's ankles, dodges all those Syndra abilities, and then goes completely in, no hesitation, turns the fight around, kills Humanoid and Razork, almost honestly goes for the pentakill. And then the fight's turned, they have one more good fight, and they just end the game. Like, it was such a fun game to watch for me. Yeah, that was a really good one. It was kind of sad seeing Fnatic throw the way that they did on that one because I had them ranked pretty... I, I didn't even say pretty well, just more higher than yours was. And I, I was hoping that that was going to be a good game to kind of get them going a little bit right off the rip. But they ended up kind of rebounding a little bit later on. But that, that was still a, a very entertaining game. I was hoping that Fnatic was going to pull it out. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Fnatic kind of overrated from where I'm sitting. Oh yeah, we, yeah, you, you, we, you, you don't talk about Fnatic. What's your game of the week? My game of the week was also obviously another banger. It was BDS versus XL. You're gonna hear a little bit about BDS from me today. This game was a ton of fun, a lot of back and forth with it. It was really close the entire way through, and kind of what you said before, like BDS played. Basically, I'd say all three games really well for, at the very least, most of it, if not the entirety of the games. And this was one of them where I thought that they definitely could have won to, to kind of go really quickly and kind of skip to the end. They didn't end up contesting the second Elder Dragon that XL was getting, and they just let XL get it for free. And I saw, like, maybe a little bit of discourse about that online that some people were thinking if they do contest it then they're potentially open for like tf backdooring with the what's it called it's all called destiny gate and then maybe Jax can i think it was Jax for uh for xl excuse me could join him maybe teleporting in off of the the destiny gate 
I don't know. Like, I think at that point, you're still probably better off contesting. Because Shio just didn't even bother going anywhere near there. He just went topside and cleared, like, was cleared his gromp or whatever. It's like, okay, like, I'm really surprised that he just wanted to give it up like that. And I can't honestly believe that they thought that trying to hold was the best play, knowing that they would give that up. But it's what they did. There were some really hype moments, especially there was a play that XL was kind of chasing BDS into their own topside jungle. And it was Crowny and I believe Lebrov that were kind of around the, the Gromp blue buff area. Nuke was really low off of the fight and was going back towards their inner tower. And XL was chasing them into there. And Crowny just like did the most giga chad, just like standoff. It was basically a 1v4. It was more of like a couple different 1v3s with the way XL was kind of piling in. But they he just absolutely stood them down and just bang, 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 headshot, headshot. Targamus just walks randomly into a Caitlyn trap. Headshot for free. Targamus goes down. And then Nuke gets the re-engage too to help burst and clean down that fight. And they go to Baron and get it. And I'm like, oh my goodness, BDS is going to take down XL. I think that was the second game of the week. So I wasn't necessarily thinking to 3 quite yet. But it's like, oh my goodness, like BDS could actually win this game. And I was so proud of BDS because they did that. But then another fight goes the way of XL. Not too long after that, they give up the Elder Dragon and they just waltz into the base and win. That was a crazy game. Again, partly like I was saying before, Crowny should be like really, really considered highly ranked, at least for right now, overreaction for week one. But that was my favorite game of the week. It was just so intense, back and forth, back and forth. BDS had such a good chance. And like XL had like seven less kills, I think, than BDS did. It was not a bloodthirsty game from XL. They kind of just played the map well enough and again big questionable decision to let go of that second elder dragon to lose them the game i think yeah and looking at that game i mean for me it's it's kind of hard to say whether xl won because they were the better team or whether bds was worse or on the other hand it could have been that these two teams are just really evenly matched and then where does that put them are they both bottom tier teams are they both top level teams like there's so many questions here and i'm I'm excited to see where both of them go from here. Yeah, I hope XL can rebound. I think we all believe in the talent, but yeah, you know, it, it can just be as easy as, you know, a slow start, got to figure out the kinks of communication or whatever, because we, we know the players are great. Odawamne won last year. VTO was, uh, I think it was spring MVP last year. I forget exactly. Patrick, I liked. Targamus, I really liked on G2 last year. Zerse was the only real question mark, but other than that first game against G2, he's doing, like, fine enough, so... I think they just got to figure it out as a team. Cohesion is definitely an important ingredient there. Mm. If we're on the topic of BDS, then we're going to hop over to worst game of the week where, look who it is. I'm going to put SK versus BDS <sighs> as the worst game of the week. Now, I know, I know I'm going to put a little bit of dirt on BDS here, but whereas XL versus BDS was both teams showing good, I think that this game between SK and BDS was just both teams showing absolute bad. <laughs> like the the one moment in that game that really stands out to me is SK. They're fighting BDS and they're like, you know what? Let's take a play out of their playbook. BDS, the Baron special. They start the Baron after, I believe, getting a pick, if I'm remembering correctly. They start up the Baron and then they see the Akali, Nukes Akali, walking up to them from behind the pit. And what do they do? They send four people to attack this Akali while the Baron is starting to dip below 2k HP. The Sejuani just jumps over the wall. Shio gets the smite, gets Thresh Lantern out, 
and BDS somehow pulls off a Miracle Baron play. Like, which teams are we watching here? And then, I don't know, just just Exekick, multiple fights, he just gets caught, he's up at the front, the team's trying to run, but he's up at the front for who knows what reason, he gets caught. Irrelevant as well, on the other side of the board. Oof. He lives up to his name two games in a row over the weekend, but this game especially. Like, this, this game was just absolute clown fiesta at its purest was that the double grievous game for irrelevant see i was supposed to look that up but i'm actually not oh, sure which goodness. game that was i loved that he bought executioners for the lane then he built thornmill i don't think it was a full buy on thornmill but builds thornmill never sells the executioners he had it for the rest of the game like 20 something minutes i think great it Love was irrelevant. a full thornmill in fact <laughs> he, he did buy it full like at one time it was full oh yep. my goodness i stand irrelevant <laughs> he's so he's so good. And then where are you gonna give worst game of the My week? My worst Steve? game of the week's a simple one, but maybe a surprise. G two Fnatic. It was just a slaughter. I mean, for all the hype that we thought that game was gonna be for it to to go south that quickly with Razork getting caught in the river, and then Reckless is like, you know what? I'm I'm Zeri level one against. Draven Nautilus and my support is Yumi who's just going to stay attached to me throw out like a Q and that's it. Yeah, let me walk up to them and try to fight them. And then surprise, surprise, it goes poorly for the, the Zeri Yumi into the all-in bot lane. And I forget what jungler that uh, Yike was playing that game off the top of my head. Viego. But Viego. It yeah, it's Viego. Like, oh yeah, even better. You know, let's have two abilities that can just go in a straight line and stun me right in this little choke at Tribush, you know. So that one as good as you'd expected it and then listening to the cast too like they were having fun with it too it was just over from there really disappointing considering how good i think probably most people think these two teams will be by the end yeah i mean ironic and ironically enough that was supposedly the match of the week that they had. yeah that, that's true I they had about the whole that, yeah. they had the whole promo video and everything Oof. just for g2 to completely smack i mean in fairness mickey at the end of that video does say on paper hype matchup off the paper they're just gonna get stomped and stomped they did <laughs> yeah that that was hype though respect to hans for for pulling out the draven so that i mean he he earned it with that like i think reckless played it a little bit stupidly but going all in on the draven you know that's the kind of fight that hey if you get the opportunity to take it and it absolutely worked out for them now what i will say and i am i have come out on record as the fanatic hater but you know, number one, to give them the credit where credit's due, they've played what is currently assumed to be the top three teams in the league, which is G2, Vitality, and Koi. So hard week for them for sure. Yeah. I'm impressed at least that they pulled off the one and two, beat the reigning champions. Mm -hmm. But then even in that play itself, the one you called out there at level three, I enjoyed watching it because, you know, fanat G2 fan, Fnatic hater, but mm -hmm. to their credit, I think... What's important to say is that Razoruk did blow the Viego flash on Yike, so really good play there. Based on the way they were moving, it seemed like Razoruk kind of wanted to back off, because at that point he didn't have his Q, he didn't have his abilities up. So he was kind of trying to back up, but the way the positioning looked, Reckless was the one calling for the fight. Yeah. So he kind of screwed them over in that sense, and then the game just kind of blew out of proportion from there. Yeah. Just rough stuff for that that first game for Reckless, for sure. Yeah. But now, the MVP segment, once again, beautiful transition. Yes, lovely. For me, the MVP combo here, the combo of Mickey X and Yike. 
Now, yes, they're both on the same team. They play together. But looking at them, I couldn't pick just one of them. I had to put that combo together because in their first game of the weekend, the Mickey Heimer and then the Yike coming in with... I forget the champ he was playing, but he was all over the map. Mickey was all over the map. That Heimer swagger walk. Yeah, he was just... Yike was on Graves that game for the Heimer game. There you go. Graves and Heimer. It was, it was just beautiful to watch. And yes, it was kind of a slaughter fest, but they just, they looked so, so good. And you look at this holistically. How crazy is it that G2 went from a team where people were calling out the bot lane as the weak side? They, they didn't really have that strength they could find throughout the year. And then G2 completely flips it on its head. Now suddenly the bot lane is the one carrying them in these games. And not to say that Caps was playing bad by any means, but the bot lane performed so, so well that it made Caps look kind of like he wasn't even in the game, which is crazy to me when he was the, the player that they relied on, the core piece of the G2 puzzle last year. Yeah, I think that that first game especially was really dominant and Yike obviously did really well. I think I think G2 did a really good job at enabling him, so I think that's fair that I'd say, I'd say especially Mickey being the support, he can roam around a little more, obviously. He definitely uh, deserved the, the credit if you're going to give the credit to Yike too, so I, I like your picks there. And then for me, honorable mention for Bo, because I think that first game especially was really cool. He had that nice creative gank on Graves going over the Dragon Wall to gank level 2 on, on bot lane. But my MVP, if you didn't tell from before, it's Crowny. Crowny oh was God. awesome. I loved watching him play. I could just reiterate the same stuff over and over again, blah, 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 so I'll keep it short. Crowny's awesome. That uh, play in the jungle was super hype. He had some great early lane trades with Lebrov. I think they had a 2v2 kill or two throughout the games. Maybe I'm misremembering, but I know they had a couple of really solid trades in there. Um, just loved what I saw from Crowny, and Lebrov did a pretty decent job with him as well. So shout out to Lebrov for being the lane mate. What I'm going to point out at least is that in the game between BDS and SK, it was really cool seeing, to put this into context, for me that these were kind of the bottom two teams, along with Astralis, I guess bottom three. So I wasn't expecting a lot out of that game. But Crownie and Lebrov at level one against Exekick and Doss pushed them to turret. And I think Exekick walked out with literally one health at level one. So they knew what they were doing. And I, I do have to give the credit to Crownie as well. He he is overperforming from my expectations, at least. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he was really nice in the LFL last year. He saw some some good things about him. It was good to see him back in the LEC now, and he's off to a roaring start. All right, L LVPs, yep. Yep, there it is. <laughs> and and boy, do I have an LVP Let's here. Let's go! <laughs> Just like you mentioned Crowny, hyping him up over the course of what we've been talking about. I threw in a little bit of hype here, and I'm going to have to say Irrelevant. Shout out Irrelevant. You, you have earned your name here. You were completely irrelevant this week. Saturday and Sunday, the two games that he played, he is completely invisible. Like He, he just didn't do much of anything, I felt like. Topside, serving its role as the island, but he took it even a step further, and he was in the Bermuda Triangle <laughs> for some reason. And I don't know, like now, even in game three against Heretics, I mean, sure, he wasn't quite as irrelevant, but like for me, he, he was just completely unremarkable at the very least, where Ebby completely diffed him in lane on that Cassante pick. 
And then while his Camille did show up here and there in the fights later, like Ebby was just a monster and completely overshadowed him. And then again, coming back to that point you mentioned earlier, how is a pro player building double Grievous and not getting crucified for this? That's, like, that's right unbelievable. No, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, the, the Camille game was good. He went, like, 7-4-6, and six, I think I, I wrote down. So, I mean, he had a quietly pretty decent game there, even though I, I agree with you, like, watching him, like, nothing he did, like, really stood out to be super impressive. And, yeah, like, I, I, I would think I'm being a little bit too hard on him but yeah like the reason i i agree with you just because of the double grievous like that's just really silly (laughs) absolutely sinful as as ellis would put it and then before i hand it off to you i also got to give a little bit of an honorable or dishonorable mention here to vto because i hyped him up as the guy that was going to be the centerpiece for xl and while he wasn't quite as egregious as irrelevant i think he as well was just kind of invisible all, all all of his three games I really hope that the guy can step up and show why he was voted the the spring split MVP last year. Yeah, just rough start. Like I said, we talk, we've kind of talked about XL to death already for this podcast, so I won't elaborate on yours any more than that. I like your picks. For me, I took some obvious ones. 113 and Dior, both on Astralis. I know, easy way out. They went 0 and 3. No one expected them to be good, but Dior especially was terrible. I mean, he was a human and video game buffet for the opponents. They were just picking him off every single time. He got absolutely murdered in basically every single game. There was no real shining moments for him. Dior is definitely my number one LVP. And then 113, I put like an honorable mention again, kind of the same thing. He had a good start in his first game of the week, got off to, you know, I think he killed uh, Yankos at Scuttlecrap. I think that was that first game uh, yep, against Heretic. Yep. So, and then he got a little bit rolling after that. But later on in that game, just got outclassed again by that point. And then the other two games were, were pretty poor as well. And I was watching his LFL games for the, I believe it was the first episode we did of the podcast. And I just noticed the same stuff as to now, like, you know, over aggressive, not quite staying close enough to the team, dying just out of position over aggressive and just not able to, you know, convert into anything super meaningful, which was a surprise because I think his first split that he was with K Corp on, he was hyped up, but maybe he just fell off really quickly. I don't know. So hopefully. We can see a little bit more out of him because he's still, you know, a rookie, at least in the LEC sense, but not promising for him to start. Yeah, I mean, when you compare him to the likes of Yike, who's also in his rookie split, it's yeah. it's it's night and day, really, when you compare the two. But on a little bit of a brighter note, we're going to come over to our best play awards, where I guess for you, this was sort of the, the one of the le- less hype moments to watch where G2 was stomping Fnatic. I think that as much as Fnatic might have played that level 3 bot fight against G2 not so good, at the same time I gotta give the credit to G2 for pulling off that fight. Where the positioning was just good, they focused down the right target, Mickey was hitting hooks exactly where they needed to hit all game and especially in that fight. Now, I won't rag on to it too much since we kind of talked about it already, but my award goes to that level three play bot, completely exploding from there and taking over the game. 
yeah, that could easily be an LVP or an LVP a worse play for uh, Reckless there as well. I didn't give it that, but I think it, a, a worthy play for sure, either way, however you want to look at it. And then yeah. my pick for best play was the Heretics Wombo Combo against Vitality. They were fighting over a dragon kind of near uh, bot side, mid lane river at that top kind of area there in mid lane. And it was just beautiful. Like the, the, the Wombo Combo Dream came through there. It was Evie with the Cassante W as Vitality was kind of just funneling into that little choke point there. The Cassante non-all-out W with the knock-up into the Callista ult, which was uh, Mursa on Nautilus. Big knock-up onto like three or four people there with the Cassante W. Then the Nautilus ult comes down, does a little knock-up. Wukong comes in there. I think he got both ults off on at least two people, but the first one was on all four as well. Ruby on Cassidy and piles on with the, with the uh, not Realm Warp, what's the ult called? For Cassidy, Rift Riftwalk. I think it's Riftwalk. That sounds about Ults right. on top of that too. That was the, the lesser one. Just does a little bit of damage, you know, big whoop. But the 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 combo was cool. It started that fight off. It didn't initially like pay off. You you, you saw all that action happening. It was just kind of like, oh wait, like the fight's just still kind of going. No one died. But not too long after that, it led into the ace for Heretics in that fight. They got the dragon off of it as well, and that was just a super cool players. A, a Wombo combo that I wasn't actually really expecting. I didn't think about it too much because you're thinking, oh yeah, Callista Nautilus. You're like, that's just a classic. But then you saw like the little wrinkles into it with Ebby going in, with Yankos being in position to pile on top of it. It was really cool and it ended up being a big play for them even though they lost the game. Yeah, and to kind of put things into perspective, I mean, at that point when they pulled off that combo, they were down quite a bit of gold. I forget how much exactly. And then the very next fight where Vitality respawn and pretty much immediately go back into a fight, it didn't play out quite as well for Heretics, and then they got aced as well. So as much as it might not have been game deciding, that does kind of put things into perspective for how impressive that play really was. Oh yeah, for sure. That was awesome. And then once again, we're going to flip it over to the worst side of things, the worst play awards. And for me, it's it's got to be that fin play. And I, I forget exactly which game this happened in, but I know that Finn was playing Fiora and he was up against, I believe it was the Heretics game where he was up against Ebi's Cassante. Once again, he was playing the Cassante. He's so good at it. And for whatever reason, Finn decides that he's going to go in on the bot lane turret, try to fight him, and he just gets completely destroyed. Like... At that point in time, the matchup was sort of decided enough that I feel like he should have recognized that he wasn't strong enough. He got the push into the turret, he crashed the wave, he could have rejoined his team. But for what reason he made this play? I don't know, He, I guess he wanted to live up to the EO Fiora meme, but it, it was just a very questionable play to me. Yeah, Finn ended up being one of the slightly better players on Astralis, but definitely not his brightest moment and... Yeah, just not, not not expecting anything good out of Astralis anytime soon, but sucks to see Finn uh, have a low light like that, because I, I like Finn at least a little bit more personally back when he was on Rogue, and he was doing pretty decent. Yeah. So for my pick for the worst play was with SK against BDS, Shio 
ended up playing Sejuani that game. He dashes over the bot lane river wall on the red side into that bush. Flash ults towards Doss and Exekick in lane. They were kind of pushed up a bit. But the, the thing about that is that they're kind of in a line. Like if you just like imagine really quickly coming down from the bot river bush, Doss was like pretty close to where Shio was after the flash, and then literally right behind Doss exit kicks there. So what does Doss do? He's like, oh my god, Sejuani coming right at me. I don't want to get hit by this. Flashes it, and then exit kick just gets domed with the Sejuani ult and, and dies right there and then. I laughed at that a lot. That was funny because that's a classic solo queue play that your ADC is just spam pinging you, question mark, and maybe even the, uh, the the bait emoji now, you know, if if that happens in solo queue. But in pro plays, I got like, hey, you know, it's fine. But that was funny. That was just, that was uh, a really solo queue moment that you got to see happen in team plan. That was fun because, of course, the support life matters more than the ADCs. I mean, it's it's just a skill issue. Like, come on, Exekick, you gotta have better reaction times yeah, than that. Yeah, that, that's what it was. <laughs> it was like the human benchmark with a, literally a human testing you about it, not just sitting there on your browser. Test your reaction Un time. Unfortunate. Now, one final note I wanted to throw in here at the end. I don't know if we're gonna do this all the time, but I gotta give the meme a word here. The very last game of the weekend, Mad versus Vitality, Hillisang on that Lulu was just the biggest meme. At level 2, he walks into mid lane, comes from behind the enemy mid turret, flashes in, and shields his mid laner. Or his jungler, I think it was. His, yeah, Elioya and Niski was, was dead at that point. And he flashes in, shields the jungler, and helps him get the double kill. That was just a play that who but Hillisang would have thought of that. And then Later on in the game, he does exactly what he did at Worlds last year, where he just flashes in, polymorphs absolutely nothing, runs away. Like, this guy is an absolute lunatic, and I love him for it. Yeah, and then he topped it off at the very end of the game. He got absolutely destroyed by Perks' Azir at long range, just like the Q and a couple auto attacks, blown up instantly. He, he literally respawns, walks back to the, the fight in the new air that it's happening in and I said the exact same thing like literally on spawn I, I i had a good laugh at that one as well that was a uh, good old hilly saying and that's why ladies and gentlemen rux is on fanatic now all right and that'll wrap up our recap of week one of the lec winner split as blue mentioned earlier the lcs is starting up next week so our next episode will contain both an lec week two and lcs week one recap so stay tuned for that as western league of legends finally starts getting into full gear we would love to hear your guys thoughts on week one of the lec feel free to share your opinions with us on our twitter at no rival underscore esports or even suggest some more awards for us to get that we'll definitely take suggestions and be open to featuring them on the show so thank you so much for listening, and we look forward for you joining us next week. Take care. Baba Bowie.